Thanks, uh, worship team, for, for leading us. I uh, deeply appreciate uh, that last song. Anytime we look in at God's word, uh, it reveals who he is, it reveals who we are, and it inspires us uh, to become something that only we can do with God. As Pastor Trent mentioned, we've spent the summer looking at the life of David, and it has been great to see how influential, how much of an impact David was in his own story. But the interesting thing with David is David looks a lot like us. David had God promise something that was pretty powerful to him. He promised to him that the Messiah would, would come from his descendants and that, that David would have a, a key part of that story. On your screen, you're going to see this from 2 Samuel chapter 7. The really cool thing with this little passage of scripture is that David goes like this. This is my story. And so it's going to do a great recap of the last couple months. So let's read that. 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 8 says this, Now then, tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture. I took you from tending the flock. I appointed you ruler over my people of Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great like the, the names of the greatest men of all the earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they can have a home of their own and they'll no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done so ever since. I will give you rest from your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over, David, you will rest with your ancestor. I will raise up an offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. We studied that with Solomon. I will establish his kingdom. He's the one that's going to build a house for my name, and I will establish his throne, his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken from him, as I took it away from Saul, from Saul, who I removed from before you. Your house, David, your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. You know, the, the best way for us to wrap up this series is to see how David penned those famous words in Psalm 23. David, I believe, wrote this kind of as a, a roadmap for our life. If we look at it, we can see that it's a journey that, that you and I need to be involved in. A journey which ultimately will lead us to what Christ promised us in John chapter 10 when he said, I have come that you may have life and that in that life you may have it more abundantly. Now, as we progress this morning, I want you to, if you have your iPhone or if you have a physical Bible, I want you just to open to Psalm 23. We're just going to walk through Psalm 23 and keep looking at the roadmap for our life. You know, there's, there's more living 
there's more than just living and dying. Or maybe in this season you find yourself, if I just can make it through another day. There's things that, that have been talked about in the pages of Scripture. There's key words like freedom, wholeness, completion, peace, healing, and joy. Jesus put it in this way in, in John chapter 10. We've talked about that one that he came to give us life to the full. But a few verses earlier on, he said these words, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the gate. I'm the entry point for the sheep. Those who come in through me will be saved. And so if we were to ask David, if David was here to sum up everything in a few short sentences of his relationship with with God, I think he'd point us to Psalm 23. He talks about the abundance, and, and that life only is possible through, through following the Good Shepherd. Let's pray. God, in the next few minutes, as we stare at our screens, may your voice speak loudly. We want that rhythm that you created for a person like David. May that rhythm guide us as we walk into the fall. We love you. In your name, amen. It's no wonder that, that Jesus called us sheep. A, a, a sheep naturally is someone, uh, is, is an animal who needs to go to higher ground. They don't do well in the lower when we stop changing, when we stop moving, when we become paralyzed by fear or laziness, when we stop aspiring to be better men and women, when we stop changing and growing as a church, when we fail to reach for new heights in our relationship with God, we become like sheep who naturally just get stuck in the same pastures season after season. And they never enjoy that mountaintop experience. We're going to talk about that. The truth is, and if we go to Psalm 23, many of us would claim, the Lord is my shepherd as David starts it. But we've never really come under the direction of the Lord. We think that if we just admit it, if we just become comfortable with it, we'll enjoy the benefits of his salvation without really having to pay the price for our lives. The truth is that we can't have it both ways. Either we belong to the Good Shepherd or we, we don't. When we come into our faith, and many times we come in with this attitude that the grass is always greener on the other side. What that does as we keep looking for the other grass is it actually breeds discontentment and envy. You heard me declare some words earlier in this message, peace and wholeness. When you experience peace and wholeness, the one that God talks about, we, we don't ever want to go back. That taste is something that we long for. You can echo the words of David when he said this in Psalm 23, I shall not want. Or in the NIV, as many of us are holding, I lack nothing. He's not talking about material things. It's about saying, I'm going to stop searching for happiness in all the wrong places. I'm actually going to find contentment that, that is true because I trust. And in that trust, I actually find happiness and fulfillment. 
when my eyes are fixed on Jesus. Look down at your Bibles again. Psalm 23, verse 2, David says this, He makes me. He forces me to lie down in green pastures. There's something very interesting about sheep. They won't lie down unless four things are true. They're free from fear. They're free from tension. They're free from aggravation. And they're free from hunger. They, they won't lie down unless those four things, those four needs have been met. They're such timid animals that unless they're free from every form of anxiety, they're constantly on alert ready to run because they're scared. A flock of sheep that you see that are lying down at rest, you know have been cared for and, and taken care of, and they know it. Jesus said something extremely powerful, and you may remember it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. He said this, Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat or drink or what you're going to wear. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow is going to have enough worries. Jesus then said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all you who are weary, who are tired, who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Even in the midst of this season that we find ourselves in, when we relax in the arms of Jesus, it's the only way to live. Most people are not aware, and I wasn't aware until this, this week, that, that sheep can actually go for months on end, especially if the weather's not too hot, without actually drinking. If there's a heavy dew on the grass each morning, sheep by habit rise before dawn and they start to feed. The early hours are when the, the vegetation is drenched with dew. And the sheep can keep fit on the amount of water that is taken in when they graze just before and after dawn. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that those who are often the most confident, who are able to cope with, with what happens in life, are those who wake up early to study God's word and pray. The biggest single thing that, that you and I can do to change our life is to create that regular habit of getting in the Bible, of praying each day. Let's quench our thirst daily. Well, look back at Psalm 23. David said, he restores my soul. I think David had something in mind. He had tasted defeat in his own life. He felt the frustration of, of having the of having lost that battle to temptation, we remember the story. He knew what it was like to feel hopeless and, and without strength. That's why he wrote in, in Psalm 42, verse 11, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? There's a direct parallel that, that David used in caring for sheep. The term cast down for a sheep is used to describe a sheep that's turned itself over on its back and can't get up again by itself. A heavy, a fat, or long fleece sheep will lie down comfortably in some little hollow or, or depression in the ground and roll on its side slightly to stretch out, to relax. And then all of a sudden, they lose their center of gravity, 
and it can't get itself back. Its feet can't touch the ground. As it panics, as it begins to, to, to frail, its legs only get worse and it becomes impossible for it to regain its feet. The only way for a cast-down sheep to be rescued is for the shepherd to find it and pick it up. Part of this journey that God has us on, that God put David on, was letting God pick us up when we fall. The final leg of, of this stage of the journey is to trust his direction. It's probably one of the biggest obstacles for most of us, especially in this season. I'd rather do things my way. I think I know what's best. I want to control my life. I don't want to be led. I want to do the leading. Look back at what David says in Psalm 23. He guides me in the right path. In shepherding language, the idea is that the, sh the sheep left to itself will get themselves into trouble. Sounds mighty familiar. It's the knowledge of the shepherd which leads the sheep into new paths that are good not only for the sheep, but also for the ground as well. It's at times, I've got to say be, that I look a lot like a stubborn sheep. I cover the same trails until they become ruts. I trust the, I, I've got to learn to trust the direction of the shepherd to take us in a way that he knows best. But this doesn't just apply to us as individuals. I'm also talking to us as a church. We can't keep covering the same ground and expect to remain healthy. It doesn't work that way. Change, newness, freshness, it's a necessity to health. This is where most of us tune out. We're not willing to go in new directions. If that's you, then let me give you a glimpse of what it could be like if you trust God with your future. As the, the sheep set out to follow the shepherd, at the end of the winter, the shepherd is constantly thinking of taking them to higher ground. In fact, he's already been preparing them for this. He's got the course all set. He knows how to lead them very well. The only task for the shepherd is to get them there. If you've decided to make that next step toward higher ground in your own life, then the first thing that you've got to expect is valleys. Look at those familiar words in verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. The only way to get to higher ground that the shepherd has in mind for the sheep is to actually go through valleys. There the shepherd and the sheep face the dangers of rampaging rivers, avalanches, rock slides, poisonous plants, predators that would raid the flock, or the awesome storms of sleet and hail. The truth is that to get to higher ground, the sheep had to travel through the valleys. There's no other way. Maybe in your mind, you are longing for that mountaintop experience. But we often get mistaken about how that mountaintop experience takes place. Some of us imagine that we would just be airlifted on top of the mountain. That somehow, miraculously, we would be catapulted to that new height. 
That's not the Christian life. The only way to get through to the higher elevation is to climb through the valleys. Every mountain has valleys. Its sides are scarred by deep ravines, by deep gulches and draws. And the best route to the top of the mountain is always through valleys. Valleys hurt. They're often attached with pain. But most of the time, the pain is for our own good. The only reason that that David could say, even though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil, is because he believed in the shepherd. And he believed that the shepherd's rod and his staff would bring comfort to him. In biblical times, the, the shepherd would only carry these instruments. His rod was a club used to, to hurl at predators. His staff was used to direct, gently direct a sheep back into the flock. These two instruments that a shepherd would have provided protection and guidance. They brought assurance to the sheep that they would make it through the valley. The only way to, to make it through the valley is to believe and trust in God's care. To trust him in the most difficult times of your life. Because he has the rod that protects you. And he has the staff that guides you. John 14 is, is where Jesus said this, I go. I'm going. I'm going to that mountaintop place to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to return. I'm going to take you to myself so where I am, you will be there also. Look back at Psalm 23. Sounds a lot familiar to what David's penning. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I never understood that until this week. Remember that the, the sheep are approaching the high mountain country of the summer ranges. The shepherd has already been there. He's already prepared the journey. It's interesting that these summer ranges in biblical times were known as tablelands. So what David, the shepherd, was saying was, there's a table. It's the high summer range. It's where the sheep would graze. It was their reward as sheep for making that long trek through the valley. Here's the thing about this long stage of our spiritual journey. When you've not only entered the family of God, when you've taken the necessary steps to begin the journey, when you've traveled through the valleys of life, you and I can expect abundance. That's what Jesus promised when he said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Friends, I really believe that this is going to be us at the end of this pandemic. You are different than you were in February. You have much more gratitude than you've ever had before. The things that you took for granted, you don't take for granted as much as you did before. Just as the sheep enjoyed a rich feast at the end of the long journey, so you and I can anticipate a life of abundance. 
Not only in this world, but also in the next as we draw close to our Savior. As you and I surrender more and more of our lives. Because when you start to enjoy the life of abundance, you start to see his blessings. When you begin to discover the power of prayer, you begin to see that God is working in the little things that happen every day. David then said this in Psalm 23, you anoint my head with oil. Well, during the summer, hordes of insects emerged. That's what the shepherd had to deal with. The sheep struggled with the insects. The only relief from this agonizing annoyance in the Middle Eastern world was to apply this remedy of linseed oil of sulfur and tar mixed together. The anointing with that oil would keep those insects away. You know, in my life, or even David's life, it's not the big things that end up doing me in, it's all the little things, the little insects. It's no coincidence that Jesus urged us in in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, to ask for the Holy Spirit, that gift that he gave us. Because it's the Spirit alone that makes it possible for us to react to aggravations and annoyances with quietness and calmness. We're called to leave a a legacy of blessing. David put it this way in Psalm 23, Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Is that the way people feel about us? When our lives intersect with the lives of others, especially in this season that we find ourselves, do we leave a trail of sadness or gladness? Is our memory entwined with mercy and goodness? Or would they rather forget us altogether? Even in this season, God is calling us to leave a a legacy of blessing. Finally, in the midst of of a pandemic, bask in God's presence. I love how David ended this psalm. I shall dwell in the house of my Lord all the days of my life. The only way to enjoy this kind of life, this kind of abundance, to stay close is to stay close to God. Stay in his presence daily. Be around people who are close to him. It's the best place. Do you know the shepherd? I want to end this sermon just by rereading Psalm 23. I hope that there's some some new insights that you've learned from, from the insights that God shared with me this week. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters, quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the the darkest valley, I'm going to fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness 
and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, I pray that the words that I declared about who you are would ring true in my friends' hearts and minds. May we not be immobilized in this season. May you call us into into the deep. Lord, we thank you for that familiar passage of Scripture, Psalm 23. Most of us could probably recite But God, we are so thankful that you're our shepherd. We're so thankful that you have a a design for our life. God, help this not just be a period of time where we just sit. But may we work to understand that promise you made in John chapter 10 that's directly attached to Psalm 23. That you've came that we may have life and have it to the full. May we not settle. Lord, if I said anything that wasn't of you, may you take it from my friends' minds. We love you and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.